Okay, coach. Hit us off, brother. Woo! Okay, then. So we're going to start with me, Greg McNeil, coach G. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am that person who is here in this life to help you to find the things that you love doing. And in the process, I'm helping you to find that accurate individual that you believe yourself to be so you can be aligned with what you pursue. Yeah. I love that. Accurate. I'm writing it down. Individual. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's good. Well, my name is Sherry Wilson, and I am officially Genius Owl Limited Company Coach. Oh, that's so perfect. So I'm going to have to change your picture to an owl now. I'm going to do that right now. Genius <laughs> Wisdom. I am so excited. I've uh, been waiting since March Finally got it this week, uh, retroactive to May 3rd. So uh, we'll be doing the same thing, business consulting, content uh, management and creation, but also mentoring. But it allows me to be very smart in my taxes. And uh, so I'm very excited about that. And I also, that name, I am very, what's the word? Um intentional on names and it meant a lot like wisdom like I tell people every single day I'm in the book of Proverbs because I cannot get enough wisdom and uh, I'm excited because actually the phrase accurate individual coach is kind of what um, we're going to be talking about because when you were describing your workload for your doctorate can can you go through the hours again, Coach? Yeah. So <laughs> my my morning typically starts at four thirty. That's me at the desk. You could say that I start waking up sometime between three thirty and four o'clock, right? <sighs> and uh, like this morning when Laura Lee's alarm went off, I was already up, right? Yeah. I you know I got up to start walking to the bed bathroom, right? She was, she hadn't even got up to shut off her alarm yet. And when I came out, I was already awake. So about 4.30 in the morning till 10, 11 o'clock at night. That's what my day looks like. You know, I'm just proud of myself for getting up at 5.30, coach. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So the reason that you have to do that, just so people have a grasp. So if any of our listeners have ever been in a doctorate program, it's extremely intense and you're doing it full time. So you have to have those hours. So from 430 to 10, that is in order for you to do your studies, uh, but also some you know things that you have you know to do throughout the day, and you have to live very carefully in each decision. I'm sure, but also the toll on the the mental and emotional state. I bet is interesting. So there's a high high cost to what you're going after. Oh, I, it absolutely is. I mean, uh, the sheer number of books that you have to read, the papers you have to write the active engagement in, in the other assignments that I'm required to do. We have discussion boards, things that I have to write with. I mean, the 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 volume of the work and the activity is really difficult to describe. I mean, because you also have to factor in uh, your individual uh, 
processes and skills. So for instance, if you are a speed reader, then you can say, oh yeah, I could probably read a book in a couple of days, you know, but that's not the typical person. So, you know, um, how many, the books I have to read a, a week, the, the papers that I have to write, right? And then this is separate and apart from the work that I pursue in my dissertation, right? Yeah. That's a whole nother level of research. And oh, by the way, I have, I have a family, yeah. right? And I have other things I have to do. It's like, oh, Shiza, I got to get to the range and practice with my rifle, right? Yeah. I got to do other things. Um, so yeah, time management, project management is crucial. Yeah. Um, it absolutely is. And as intense as it is, um, I respect it and I honor it, actually. I'm grateful for it. I really am. Well, when you were talking and describing your um, your workload, uh, the thought came to me to discuss today's topic is, do you really want what you think you want? And I, you know, I had said there is no way that I would want that, nor would I do that. I, uh, it's not my dream, my goal, my priority. It's, you know, Coach Greg's goal. But uh, there are other things I'm willing to pay a price for. And, and so we were talking about that. And you said that that idea lends itself to the question of who are you? And the goal should be based on who you are as a person. And I would have never tied the two together. Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah. So whenever we set out to pursue some endeavor, whatever it is, one of the, one of the hidden causes of a person's ability to succeed or not succeed is an accurate understanding of who they are as a person which also entails, you know, what is your level of commitment and your persistence and your and the discipline required to do those things. And everybody has that um, sufficiently to a degree, Yeah. right? But if you pursue something that is not really aligned with who you are as a person, right, which is based on you know, all of those characteristics and things that surround you, if if that's not an, an accurate assessment, then you're going to find that you're going to be backing out of whatever it is that you committed to, you know, so we could, we could, we could look at something like um, the highest level of education that you get in a PhD program, or you could be trying to do something like lose 25 pounds, right? Yeah. The process really is the same. You, you still have to make sure you know who you are, what you're willing to commit to, right? And if you don't have a good understanding of that, you're just going to be in this endless loop of starting things and backing out and, you know, that type of stuff. And, you know, ultimately you punishing yourself. And it's like, I don't know why I can't do this. Well, you, you don't know why you can't do it because you haven't answered the question of who am I first and what is it that I really truly want and what can I be committed to? That's so good, Coach. Um, I in the pre-show combo, I shared with you a story I heard years ago. I was in my twenties, and this really, um, like kicked off a lifetime of challenging my dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about challenging our thoughts, but I think we also need to challenge those dreams we have to make sure they are actually conducive to you know, like you were saying, who we are as people. And it was this lady that 
uh, her and her husband worked hard. And like I was telling you, I think the kids were out of the house at this time, but I'm not positive. But anyway, she always had this certain dream house in mind. And, um, so finally they're in a financial position to buy a house that was according to all of her dreams, a square footage. I think it was two story. And she found the upkeep and the care of it was consuming all of her time. And she actually had a nervous breakdown. And so they ended up selling the house and they downsized and got something that was manageable. Now, personally, I don't believe that the larger house necessarily was the trigger for the nervous breakdown. There was probably some perfectionism, maybe some OCD, things like that, possibly, right, Coach? <laughs> but oh, yeah. that story, what stuck out to me was the fact that she had a dream that actually turned into a nightmare. And when we moved into our uh, current house, one of the things that was a factor is it was a lot larger. It's like double the size of my other house. And I'm like, okay, the only way I'm willing to move into a house this size if, is if I have the ability to hire someone to clean it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I make 75 uh, to a hundred an hour. I'm not going to spend my time cleaning my house. You know, that doesn't pay me anything. And, right. uh, so I, I have a, a lady that's fabulous. She comes in and does a better job than I could. So all that to say, what if what you think you want isn't really what you want? And then what do you do once you start realizing, Hey, that might be, um, an imposter dream. Like, can you, I know I'm throwing you on the spot because we didn't really discuss this part, but like, are there some ways that people can recognize, wait a minute, you know, like either physically in the body uh, or even mentally, how can we challenge the dreams we think we want, but we actually don't? Okay. I'm all right with being on the spot. I like to go in the woods and I hunt for things, which <laughs> means that you're always dealing with, with adjustment right yeah but but i'll start by saying that on any path right on any path everyone successful or otherwise will experience similar circumstances yes there's going to be challenges there's going to be what we call some difficulties there's going to be adjustments that we're going to make and at certain times we might even feel like we're we're on the ropes you know what i mean it's yeah. like you, you like when you started genius communication before you became the owl um there were things that you knew you had in place and it was ready and then you hit the button and then it was crickets right and you're like well wait a minute i know <laughs> i'm in my dream yeah but in a moment when that when that situation occurred you know, you had to scratch your head. You had to step, sit back. You know, it's like, man, I'm, I'm feeling kind of sad a little bit. It's like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So that is not a unique circumstance. Right. That is something that is, let's, in golf terms, that is the par for the course right there. The next step, and this is what you're talking about, it is the next phase of that where we begin to really assess what's happening, right? Yeah. I think you said imposter dream, right? So um, I want to say that there are times when I'm going to say the universe, your 
soul or whatever that is, you get tested to determine if what you pursue is something that you really feel inside that you committed to, right? That you're willing to do. Now, how do you know whether or not if what you're pursuing is right for you or not? The first thing you will notice is your willingness to do whatever is required of you to have it, even when the odds of achieving that at times can feel somewhat challenging or uncertain, right? So when we talk about, when we use the word courage, what is misunderstood sometimes with the word is fear. You see, when you have courage, courage does not mean that you won't have periods in which you can experience some fear. You can be shaken a little bit. But courage is what you do in spite of, right? Yeah. So it's sort of like you're driving down a road and you're going around a corner or a curve and you just you you just keep going. It's like the curve seems to go on for miles and you can't see the end of the road but you don't stop you don't just turn around in the middle of the curve because you can't see the end of the road you just keep driving your vehicle yeah. and then before you know it it's like oh look there's a four-way stop sign <laughs> i can now i can go in either direction well what we're talking about is the same thing with that person right it's like you're, you can feel frustrated. You don't know what to do. You're, you have things in your life that also add intensity to what's going on. You know, you could be, you know, relationships, family, all of these other responsibilities. But in spite all of that, there is something within you that says, I'm going to find a way to do this. And once you recognize that that's true, then there is this sense of, oh, okay, now your mind opens up and then you can start to look in other avenues, situations, tools, people who actually help alleviate what you're doing in that journey, in that pursuit, right? Yeah. So that's what you know. But first, you, you're being tested to answer the question. You have to be able to answer that question to make sure that it's something that you really, really, truly desire to do, right? That's that's like ground zero after you recognize that everybody is on the same road. And then when you get to the point of divergent path, when it, when it diverges uh, into what we call success, and achievement, and accomplishment, and those people that got to go do a do-over, it's it's the point of desire, the willingness to um, continue, um, even though uh, the outcome is not assured yet. Yeah. Right. I okay. was thinking of um, like a so being an accurate individual, knowing who you are as a person. Um, like for me, the time constraints and pressures, I probably would not function well. I, I would be able to do it for a, a small season, but I wouldn't like it for the three years you've got ahead of you. Um, so that I know that about me. However, if my dream is tied to my overall uh, definite chief aim, I will pay whatever price is needed. And, and so 
But when you were talking, something came up uh, up to me. I mentored this uh, uh, guy that he lives in Colorado, and he had a specific dream of owning some land and maybe like some little tiny homes or container homes for vacationers and things like that. And um, but when we first started, um, he had like a and I can't remember the details specifically, but he had a specific vision. And then as we would, you know, we were working and of course the sub was throwing up stuff. I remember I almost um, lost my, my fish on the hook when I told him, I said, okay, now by this time next week, I want these specific things done. And it actually required him to go and research and ask questions to get some idea of costs, profit, margin, things like that. And all of a sudden the dream became very real. And uh, so he actually put off our next meeting for like three weeks. And uh, I'm like, well, I might've lost, you know, that one. So I was, I was fine with it. You know, that's what the whole point is of coaches and mentors is they will challenge you. Do you really want what you say you want? And uh, anyway, he came back and he had done the homework by that time, which told me he wants what he wants. And, and I've got someone that is willing to do whatever it takes. But in the process of that work, he actually made a couple significant changes to his vision. And the reason he did that was the result of research. And so, you know, we've talked about, we have two episodes called Courage and Research. And I think one of the things that's helpful to me, Coach, when it comes to challenging the dreams I have to make sure I really want them is research, getting Mm -hmm. some information, getting some data, Am I willing to make that, you know, pay that price, I guess you would say, but also to insert maybe some innovation to where number one, you realize, okay, that's not exactly what I want. However, I can achieve the same goal by going about it this way and, and tweaking my, my vision a little bit. So I think that, um, one of the things that's important is identifying the intangible, And, uh, we discussed that probably like in episode 30, something, 40, something where let's say that you see someone, because I, I feel if we go back to the house example of that lady, so obviously there were some issues already in place for her to have a nervous breakdown over a house. But what if it was trying to keep up with the Joneses? Now I'm completely putting words and motives in her heart, but let's say it was to keep up with the Joneses, right? So comparison is a thief of joy. She might've seen people that had houses she wanted and decided that was what she wanted. That was the lifestyle she wanted. And then when she got in it, she's like, Oh no, this is not what I want at all. It doesn't line up with my core value. So in that episode on desire, we talked about look for the intangible. What was the intangible that she was really after? Was it the picture of success was it the beauty around her? Was it trying to keep up with the Joneses, Joneses and feeling less sand because she didn't have that house? Like what was going on internally? So I think one of the things to start with too, when you are challenging your dream is what are you actually going after? Because more than likely it's not the house. Like if we look at your situation, coach, you're not going after the doctorate. You're going yeah. after the target past that. 
So it's important to challenge, okay, why do I think I want this? And then research it because we have a really bad tendency. It's probably worldwide, but especially in Western culture of looking at what other people have and wanting what they have, not realizing their marriage can be on the rocks. They could have so much debt that they have panic attacks. Their kids are unhappy. I mean, there's so many factors where if you judge a book by its cover, you might find yourself in the middle of the story and you absolutely hate it, right? So definitely mm-hmm. look at the intangible you're after. Yeah, it, and, and so I would just along with that, the, the intangible to me, comes after the declaration, the admission that this is it, right? It's sort of like um, what you are willing to do is not decided upon until you've been tested and tried in that pursuit, right? In that pursuit, you know you're not going to let go. This is this is what I want to do, right? You hit the uh, submit button, and you got crickets. Okay. Um, what happened? Something is not working out here the way that I want it to. But there was not a question about the pursuit of the dream, right? The pursuit of the dream was clear in your mind. What the intangible piece came up after you hit the submit button and things did not come back to you in the way that you might have thought it would. And so that's when the adjustments came and all the other intangibles that you would have needed to consider so that what you were pursuing would move along accordingly, right? Yes. And I'm saying that, I'm saying that um, whatever it is, those intangible things that help support us or influence us in some way, they don't show up before we know exactly what it is that we want. Otherwise, we can kind of like, well, I could do this, I could do this. You know what I'm saying? It's like creativity is something that happens in response to something else, right? Yeah. You can you can be a creative person um, and all, all living, let's just say, just to be clear, all living is a creative act, right? Mm-hmm. How we go about living our lives is, a, is, a, is an act of creation. But in terms of um, what you need to do to make this happen and um, this lady with this house or what you you just use your example um, uh, about what you would be willing to do. So I'll just jump back in and just say like with myself, right? Freedom and the pursuit of life that I want to live is really important to me. And as a result of that, then... I am not an employee for anyone because that means that my time is now in someone else's hands, right? Mm -hmm. So the minute I recognize that I'm not willing to be somebody's employee, here comes the creativity, right? Yeah. Here comes the intangible. So what are you going to do then, right? Because you know you're not going to give up to pursue the pursuit of your doctorate because that's a that's a cherished goal that you have. It represents something internally for you that you don't leave this earth plane without having done or reached the highest level that you're capable of. Okay, you know you're not going to release that. 
but you still have to find other ways to go about supporting that dream you have. What are you going to do? Well, here now comes the intangibles, right? The, the other acts of creation that's going to allow me to continue to do that. But I'm saying those other things do not show up before my commitment, my inner commitment that this is the direction that I'm going, right? Well, I think the idea that I'm going after is to prevent people from taking a road to what they think is something they want that they don't. Okay, so then, okay. You know what I mean? Because you're- I, I do, I do. So I think what I would probably say when it comes to that, that is- that is, I'm going to bring that back to accurate knowing, right? I'm going yeah. to say that, okay, if you're pursuing something, you need to know why you're doing it. So are you dealing with some kind of externalized ego? You know, you want to buy this car, this house, you want to pursue this activity uh, because you think that it provides value in relationship to what you think other people see or perceive, right? Yeah. Okay. So- that is where the person has to really be able to check in because when they live in when they live in that space if they're living in an externalized space then they're going to always be tossed to and fro yeah right and that is when they are going to get into situations that just simply do not work for them buying a house is too big for you buying a vehicle that you really don't need that costs you more money than you're really willing to pay and you're not happy with it, right? Or pursuing a relationship with someone because you think it brings you kind of status. He looks good. She looks great out in public, but really your relationship is not a healthy one at all, right? Yeah. So I would say that, you know, again, accurate knowing. Do you Do you know who you are? right? Uh, what defines you? So I got a client right now that I give, I gave an exercise that I suggested to you last week. I said, you need to tell a story about yourself five different ways, right? Because right now, all I do is hear you complaining about other people and what you don't have, yeah. but other people are not your problem. And what you do not have is not your problem. Your problem is your self-concept mm. and you're linking you're linking your self-concept to external situations and people for a form of validation. And it is never going to return to you in the investment that you need, in the form of investment that you can use. It doesn't happen. It's sort of like um, uh, turning on your, uh, your heater, right? And leaving all your windows and doors open in the middle of winter, right? It's like you're just wasting energy. Yeah. Well, it's same way. If you don't really have a good grasp of who it is you are and, and what you're really pursuing, the first thing they need to do is pick up the phone and call you. Right? <laughs> it's like, listener, hit hello. You need to give <laughs> Sherry Wilson a call because chances are you are about to spend resources on some endeavor that is not accurately aligned with who you are and what you truly desire from this life. And this is why in our work, we say to people, you need to have a definite chief aim, yeah, a true 
definite major purpose, but that's got to be based on what you really know, because you can't really truly desire something truly without really knowing who you are. Um, you can pursue it, but life will life will always reflect back to you. There's something off with your pursuit. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's interesting the way that that happens in the universe. It never destroys or takes away anything from an individual unless it's getting in the way of that person um, being their authentic selves. And unfortunately, um, when you have been conditioned, as you said, in the West to be externally focused, uh, too many people don't find that out um, until they uh, are really way, way down the road in years. Yeah, I am. Um, that's good because that the the internal work, um, identifying the intangible and why you're pursuing what you're pursuing is so key. Uh, I've got an example, and then we'll probably end here, Coach, so you can get back to your your work. But um, one of our uh, faithful listeners, she knows who she is. Um, also, one of our students of the coaching intensive. Um, she was talking about, um, she had a a family member, uh, living with her and over the, is a little over a year, she began to decide that she wanted to rent. And I don't know if you remember, that was one of her, um, DCAs in class. She wanted to rent Mm -hmm. a place to refresh. Uh, she wanted a dishwasher, specific things. I hope she's not compromising on some of those amenities that she wants, but anyway, And, um, so it was like a year to two years, this individual is in her home and the whole time that she's, you know, talking about renting a a place, like she already owns her house. And so the whole time she's talking about renting her place, um, for me, it, it was being externalized to a degree because she wanted to avoid the difficult conversation with the family member that you need to get employment and you need to get your own place. You can't stay here anymore. And the fear of that was actually causing her to externalize a dream that was an imposter. And finally, so I'm like, you know, because I don't, I, like we've talked about, you have to be Yoda and Gandalf with people. You can't just tell them what to do because there's no lesson in that. And um, so finally she got it. Finally, she realized um, what was happening and that she actually liked her current home and Mm -hmm. that she was just avoiding a difficult conversation. That's what I'm talking about. You can go to such extremes that you're willing to shift your financial freedom to being bound to pay rent to avoid a difficult conversation. So you have to challenge even your dreams. Am I creating this idea centered around a false narrative, not knowing who I am and avoidance, or is what I'm saying I want in line with, like you said, the authentic person I am and what I actually really want. And then the final question you would probably ask after that is, am I willing to pay the cost? And that's where the commitment level you've been discussing comes in. Wow. You know, I have to, you know, as you're saying that, I'm, I remember, um, this is funny. Uh, you want to talk about a past life when I uh, actually smoked a cigarette. 
Wow, that seems like so far. I mean, it literally is like a past life. But I was in a relationship with a young woman at the time. Uh, sweet. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Loved her to death. But there was something about her that was, um, no matter how much I liked her, I, I knew that there was something that was missing in the relationship. Um, and I didn't like smoking. I just didn't like smoking. And you just didn't. And I remember one day I was uh, driving to work. And because uh, I was working at this prison system at the time. So I have about a 35, 40 minute drive, something like that. Albuquerque to Moriarty. <clears throat> and I went to put that cigarette to my lip and I just reached like I was going to be sick. And I was like, well, what's that all about? So I drove up about a minute or two again and then I went to pick it up again. Same thing. I heard words in my head so loud that I looked to the passenger seat because I thought somebody was talking to me. <laughs> and if you can imagine that, I mean, I looked, I was like, what the hell? And I heard clearly, you are afraid, right? Mm -hmm. You are afraid. And I knew then that I was leaving that relationship. Yeah, There was no way to get around it. I just... Put the cigarette in the in the pack, drove to the job, gave up the pack of cigarettes, did my work that day. And then it was on my mind all day. It's like, you know, um, you can't exist in this space because this is not healthy for you. Yeah. And so um, and I did. I ended up leaving the relationship. And as a result of that, I haven't I haven't touched one since. As a matter of fact, if I even smell a cigarette, it's almost like it takes my my breath away, yeah. right? Because I know that there's things that don't belong in my body. So the, the idea of of knowing yourself, you know, is one of those. It's a never ending. It's a never ending process. Just like yeah. you know, uh, you know, like the process of developing faith in yourself is it, it never ends. It's not a one time deal. You don't yeah. buy a shoe one time and then. That's it, right? So I would just say again to the listener and great for that example because you know the person that we're talking about. Um her name is Hero. She have, yeah, she did that's right. She doesn't have to um get into property management or any other thing unless it's something that she chooses now. Um but not because she did not want to have a conversation that she thought might be hurtful or difficult. And the good news is that she had the conversation. And um, although the individual did move out uh, and she's not heard from him, and that was kind of hurtful and probably difficult, mm -hmm. I, I would probably mm -hmm. bet money that it wasn't as hard and as difficult as her subconscious made it out to be. And so that goes into a whole nother thing, coach, where, where did that come from and all that? So we'll just stop there. But I just want to encourage people, just like we say over and over, challenge your thoughts, challenge the dreams, the things that you think you want, uh, because you can actually simplify life to just a single focus, which makes everything else uh, align with it and fall into place. And you don't have to die with regrets. And, um, so speaking of, you know, we got our coaching intensive coming up in February and, uh, coach, I, I hope as far as time management, you know, you're getting things ready for that. I just, I'm like, oh man, you know what I mean? So I could just say this. So here's one of the things that's really interesting. Um, 
as I move forward, my life really is more simplified, right? Yeah. The There is intensity in my program. That is just true. And that's not likely to stop. But there's 168 hours in the week. Mm-hmm. And so as I move forward and I just watch life happen, I watch how it move, removes from me all of those other things that I might have you know, where my time would have went into. And I haven't had to fight with those things. It's sort of like, I just let it go. So like with the idea with putting that cigarette down, it was like, well, I didn't have to fight with that. There was no struggle because I knew it didn't belong. Like the idea of watching television. I, you know, I'm a big sports fan, but I haven't turned on my TV to watch anything, right? Because I can feel inside. That's not time for, that's, I don't need that. Yeah. But, I'm here for service, mm-hmm. right? That's the services is, is what I do. And so in that regard, then um, I'm better for it. So when it comes to, you know, like what we do in terms of our intensive, like I said, unless something happens, it's like, oh man, I got a flat tire, right? You know, yeah. that, that's it. But just like, you know, we're, we're approaching 70, yeah. you know, podcast episodes and, no matter what I've been doing in my life, you know, we're at 70, nearly 70 podcast episodes. So I see it working along those lines. And I think that our work gets deeper, um, stronger and richer um, in the clients we serve. And I would say that those people who are continuing to come on with us right now, uh, they're catching us at a fantastic time in their lives, yeah. right? Because we're just... Um, we're on this road and it's like, Hey, look, we're, we're here for you. Yeah. Right. So bring it on. I like that coach. Um, I think I would like to finish with, um, go to Sherry Ann Wilson, Sherry with an I and with an E.com or your hell. Yeah. Life get some more information. Um, all of our episodes are, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts and please leave a review. And on that note, we're going to let Gandalf, Get back to work. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Sherry. We'll talk. We'll catch up next week. All right.